Hello, and welcome to Whatever Wednesday with Burkhart Books, the podcast. I'm your host, Diane Burkhart. I hope you'll subscribe and join me every Wednesday for, well, <laughs> whatever. Let's get on with our show today. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Today is April 6th, 2022, and Easter is just around the corner. Are you ready for it? (laughs) We are actually pretty ready for it here in our house and kind of excited because this year we actually have a child with us to enjoy the holiday. Now, granted, our child is 24 years old, so (laughs) she's not exactly all excited about the Easter bunny hiding eggs around the house. She knows it does. But still, we're all looking forward to having a holiday together. I've purchased a few things. I am going to make her do an Easter egg hunt because I've never had children of my own, so I've never gotten to do this with little ones. So I'm going to do it with a big one. (laughs) But we've got Easter eggs that we're hiding. We're going to color our own eggs. I bought her some Easter bunny house slippers and a little Easter bunny basket and all kinds of things. But the only thing that's really different between what we're doing now and what we would have done with the child is some of her chocolate does have liquor in it. <laughs> so that that is kind of a big step out of the tradition. But other than that, we also have a few other things that we're planning. Many of you already know that I'm living in Dusseldorf, Germany at the moment, and this place is amazing. We are lucky enough to be living in a place that is considered to be like the fashion center of Germany. If you go down to a certain area of downtown, you can find shops that are Chanel, Michael Kors, Gucci. I mean, just about anything you can think of. And the cars on the street there, oh my goodness. You can see limited edition Lamborghinis and Ferraris that cost more than probably half the houses on my block back at home in Kansas. It's really kind of surreal for me being, you know just a farm girl from Kansas and living in a place like this now. But it's also really fun. Now, mind you, the only shop that I ever usually buy things in in that area of town is the bookstore that's down there. (laughs) But it's still fun to go down there and see the latest fashions in the windows and see the way that people are dressed on the street because they will dress to the nines just to go shopping down there. I mean, it's just an amazing experience. And I realize how lucky I am to have this exposure that I never would have gotten anywhere else. One of the great things about living in a different country for holidays like this is learning the local traditions. Last year, I actually learned how to make the traditional lamb cake that they have for Easter here. And it is so good. And it's a very simple recipe. And I'm going to put a photo and a link to the recipe for the cake in the description of the podcast in case you would like to give it a try. It's a very light, fluffy cake that kind of reminds me of like an angel food cake, the way it's spongy. But last year, I was so glad that I made cakes for my neighbors as well. We live in a building with two other families, and I made one for each of them. They were really impressed with how close I got to the traditional cake. It made me feel great to be able to share something like that with them. Now this year, I'm thinking about doing the same thing again, making the Easter lamb cake. Or the other option is I've never made Easter bread. You know the ones that actually has the Easter eggs in the bread and it looks so cool? I've never tried that. And I'm kind of going back and forth between which one I should do. 
As a matter of fact, we could even do a poll on this. I'm going to put up both recipes in the description with photos of each. Tell me which one you think I ought to make this year. And whatever one wins, that's the one I'll do. Now, what do you do for Easter? Do you just see this as a Christian religious holiday and just go to church and worship? Or do you incorporate a few of the more nature-based pagan sort of rituals that go along with Easter, with the bunny, the basket, the eggs, that kind of thing? It's really interesting whenever you read all the different traditions, and you can actually find a great description of these on Christianity.com. They do a wonderful job of explaining how different cultures and different religious beliefs actually celebrate the Easter holiday. I hope you'll check out the Christianity.com explanation of Easter because there's really some very fascinating information on there. One of the things is they explain that Easter is derived from, and I hope I say this correctly, Ostera, originally a Saxon word that is referring to the goddess of the Saxons. And they would actually perform sacrifices to this goddess over the time of Passover. In many cultures, Easter is seen as the time of renewal. It always occurs around the spring equinox, when the earth is coming back to life after the long dead of winter. And that is one reason why many people argue the Christian version of Easter helps to celebrate the same thing with the resurrection honoring a person, and not necessarily just the changes of season. It's really fascinating. Now, the story that I really like that they mention on Christianity.com is a German mythological story about Ostera. This goddess healed a wounded bird that she found in the woods, and the way she healed it was by changing it into a bunny. Now, something about this bunny was still part bird. I don't get this, but it's a cute story. And the way that this new bunny showed its gratitude to the goddess for saving its life was by laying eggs as gifts. Kind of cute, right? I like that idea. It actually gives a whole reasonable explanation, well, sort of reasonable, for why a bunny would go around leaving Easter eggs for people. I really kind of like that. And it's just fun that it's a German story. No matter which faith or which culture you're coming from, the one thing that's very interesting is all of these different traditions seem to celebrate the same basic ideas. It's all about hope. It's about looking forward to light coming back to the earth after the long dead darkness of winter, about good overcoming evil, about new life coming to the planet. Who doesn't want to celebrate that? I mean, personally, I think those are all good things in my book. But I think that's enough rambling about Easter for right now. Be sure to check out the description of the podcast later to find the recipes for the Easter lamb cake and the Easter bread. And let me know which one you think I should make this year. Also, I'll have the link for Christianity.com in case you would like to check out for yourself the Easter traditions from around the world and from many different religions. It's really fascinating. You should give it a look. But for now, let's get on with reading Into the West, The Orphan Train which I wrote under my pen name, Stephen Burkhart. You can also check out all of the books in the Into the West Saga Serial Collection at BurkhartBooks.com. And don't worry, that link will be in the description as well. So let's get to it. Into the West, The Orphan Train by Stephen Burkhart. Chapter 4, Continued. 
Friday morning came, and the whole home seemed alive with excitement. Since the morning bell had rung, the children had all been busy packing their clothes and placing their bags in the hall by their rooms. Everyone had been talking nonstop about going on the train. Mrs. Kelly was sitting in her office, filling out a few last-minute forms, when Sister Mary Claire came into her office without even bothering to knock. "'Mrs. Kelly, I see you're getting things ready to leave. It looks as though the children are well-organized,' said the sister as she walked around the desk to stand looming over Mrs. Kelly while she spoke. "'Yes, sister, the older boys and girls are a big help. They're collecting all the bags and helping organize the younger children. I think this trip should go smoothly.' replied Mrs. Kelly. She smiled up at the sister, but had an uneasy feeling that something bad was about to happen. "'You're doing a very good job with the children, which is why it is so difficult to have to give you bad news.' Sister Mary Claire paused for quite a while to let the tension build before she continued. "'I spoke with Sister Mary Teresa about the McBride children.' Sister Mary Claire paused again as she started to walk back around to the far side of the desk. Mrs. Kelly knew what was coming, but could not think of anything to say to stop it from happening. Sister feels the children have learned enough that if you continue to work with them on the trip, they should be ready to meet potential families at some point before you return home. I, however, as the director here at the Founding Home, hold our reputation in a higher regard. I do not think we should let any child leave the home until they have been properly trained, educated, and made to be contrite, said Sister Mary Claire, stressing the last word as she reached for the door. As she gripped the handle, she slowly turned back to look Mrs. Kelly in the eyes as she added, And I give you my word, Mrs. Kelly, I will personally oversee the education of Miss McBride while you are gone. I guarantee you will find her perfectly contrite by the time you return. Sister Mary Claire smiled a decidedly unfriendly smile as she let those words sink in for Mrs. Kelly. Then she left, closing the door behind her. Mrs. Kelly felt panicked as she imagined what life would be like for Elizabeth if she had to leave her here with Sister Mary Claire. All the other children were leaving with her today, the only two left in the founding home would be Elizabeth and Connor. That would leave plenty of time for Sister Mary Claire to devote to the education of the children. That thought sent a chill through Mrs. Kelly. She was not going to let this happen. Mrs. Kelly went and found Elizabeth and Connor before they had breakfast and took them to her office. I need to ask you two for a favor. Mrs. Kelly sat down and took a deep breath before she continued. I need you to pack your bags and leave them in your cupboards for now. I do not have approval to put your names on the travel list just yet, but I have a plan to take care of that. If my plan works, I want you both to be ready to go, but you cannot tell anyone you are going. I can't let Sister Mary Claire find out I'm getting you ready to go. Do you understand? Mrs. Kelly waited for their response. Elizabeth took a step closer to Mrs. Kelly and leaned against her leg. What happens if you can't get our names on the list? She asked. Mrs. Kelly reached down and brushed Elizabeth's hair back over her shoulder, then put her arm around the girl as she spoke. Well now, I think we should only worry about that if it happens, okay? 
Okay, said Elizabeth. Connor stepped up and said okay, too. Now, for this plan to work, no one can see you packing. So I want you two to stay here in my office, and when everyone has gone to breakfast, I will come and get you. You can be packing while everyone is in the dining hall. When you are done, I want you to come back in here, and I will bring you breakfast, and you can eat in my office. Mrs. Kelly turned to Elizabeth and continued. I'll go with Connor to help him pack everything. Can you pack your things on your own, Lizzie? Yes, ma'am. I can do it, answered Elizabeth. Good. I knew I could count on you, Lizzie. Mrs. Kelly smiled. She really hoped her plan worked. One way or another, she was not leaving these children here. Wait here while I go see if everyone is in the dining hall, said Mrs. Kelly. Then she closed the door behind her. When she returned, Mrs. Kelly took Connor to his room as Elizabeth went to hers. Once in her room, Elizabeth quickly grabbed her carpet bag and started shoving all of her clothes into it as neatly as she could. She had just put the bag back into her cupboard when she turned around to see Sonia standing in the doorway watching her, smiling. "'And just what do you think you're doing, Dizzy Lizzie?' asked Sonia with a sneer. Elizabeth had no idea how long Sonia had been standing there watching her or what she had seen. She decided to just act like nothing was out of the ordinary. "'I'm not doing anything,' she said." and started to walk out of the door past Sonia, but the girl moved to block her way. You're up to something, Dizzy Lizzie, and I'm going to find out what it is. Maybe I should go tell Sister Mary Claire you were in your room during mealtime. I bet that would be worth at least ten lashes, said Sonia, then an evil grin spread across her face. Sonia knew how afraid Elizabeth was of Sister Mary Claire, and she loved tormenting the little girl with that thought. Elizabeth felt panic starting to take hold at the thought of getting any more lashes from the sister, but she did her best not to show it. She didn't want Sonia to know just how much that idea scared her. Elizabeth stood up straighter and jutted out her chin as she spoke. Go ahead if you want. I have permission to be out of the dining hall. Mrs. Kelly wanted to work with me on my accomplishments before she left, and this was the only time she could do it. I just had to come and get my slate and chalk. To prove her point, Elizabeth held up her board to show Sonia. Then another thought occurred to her. Maybe I should go tell Sister Mary Claire you are here when you should be in the dining hall. Maybe she'll give those ten lashes to you, said Elizabeth. Then she pushed past Sonia and started walking down the hall. She didn't look back, but Sonia was used to having the last word. As Elizabeth walked away, Sonia called out to her. You go do that, Dizzy Lizzie, but even if I get in trouble today... It won't change the fact that I'm going on the train and you aren't. I will have a new home with a mum and a dad who love me, and at least my parents died. That's how I got here. Your mum just didn't want you anymore. With that, Sonia went into the room and slammed the door shut. Sonia's last words had stopped Elizabeth in her tracks. She knew it wasn't true. Her mom loved her and Connor. She knew that. The women here had all said she just couldn't afford to care for them and give them a home. But she still loved them and wanted them. Didn't she? Elizabeth didn't want to think about it and took off running for Mrs. Kelly's office. By the time she got there, she was in tears. As soon as she stepped into the office and saw Mrs. Kelly, she flung herself onto the woman's lap. Mrs. Kelly was startled by Elizabeth's frantic entrance, 
It took a moment for her to gather her composure and ask Elizabeth what was wrong. After trying to talk through the tears for a few minutes, Elizabeth started to calm down and was able to tell Mrs. Kelly what Sonia had said. Oh, Lizzie, I'm so sorry she said that to you. You know that's not true, don't you? asked Mrs. Kelly as she stroked Elizabeth's hair and waited for the little girl to calm down. Without really knowing why, Mrs. Kelly began to rock Elizabeth while making shushing sounds to try and help calm her. After a few minutes, Mrs. Kelly gently pushed Elizabeth back so she could see the girl's face. Lizzie, listen to me. Your mother loves you very much, so much so she was willing to break her own heart to bring you and Connor here so you could find a place where good people could give you a home, a home where there is plenty of food and new clothes, a home with good Christian people who will see to it that you go to school and grow up to be good people. If your mother didn't love you, she would not have put your future and your needs above her own. I want you to always remember that. Can you do that for me? Asked Mrs. Kelly, hoping she had gotten through to Elizabeth. She was relieved when Elizabeth finally nodded her head yes and dried her eyes. Mrs. Kelly moved Elizabeth off her lap so she could get up. She set up the breakfast she had brought in for the children and told them once again to stay in her office until she came for them. She had one more thing she needed to do to get them on the train, and the first step was getting rid of Sister Mary Claire. I think we're going to stop the reading here for today. I hope you have enjoyed this part of Into the West, The Orphan Train by Stephen Burkhart which as most of you know by now, it's really me writing under that pen name. I hope you all have a fantastic Wednesday and join me back here next Wednesday for more of a little, well, (laughs) whatever. Have a great day. 